Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2374 with a release date of Friday, April 28th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. The FCC's new Space Bureau releases its first set of rules for satellites. ARRL members look for a possible hike in dues soon. And a new micro supercapacitor could be a game changer. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2374 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. A newly created bureau of the FCC has just produced its first set of rules governing satellites. Cell MB KB3TZD tells us what this means. Just days after the U.S. Federal Communications Commission announced the creation of its new Space Bureau on April 11th, the fledgling department has already adopted new rules for spectrum sharing among satellites in non-geostationary orbit. The rules require operators with licenses for these satellites to avoid interference with one another. According to a report on the Spacenews.com website, future licensees must demonstrate how they will coordinate with their predecessors and protect them from interference. The FCC is asking licensees to coordinate their systems, quote, in good faith, meaning that they are expected to share information even with competitors in the marketplace. The regulator will be looking for comments from the public. This is CellMB, KB3TZD. If you are a member of the ARRL, it's time to let them know what you think about their proposal to increase membership dues. Patrick Clark, K8TAC, tells us how to get your message across. The ARRL is making an online survey available starting on May 1st, inviting all league members to share their thoughts on membership benefits and the prospect of higher dues. In delivering his message in the April issue of the ARRL magazine QST, CEO David Minster, NA2AA, stressed the importance of participation by every ARRL member. Before members can do so, however, they also need to review their accounts on the league's website to ensure it is still valid. On May 1st, you will be able to share your thoughts when the survey goes live. Please see the text version of our newscast at arnewsline.org for a link you can follow for more details. The ARRL encourages members who are having difficulty with their login process to call the league at 860-594-0200 or send an email to membership at arrl.org. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. Students enjoyed an amateur radio contact with an ISS astronaut who, like them, is from the United Arab Emirates. It was a first for a new educational program. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, shares the details. 25 students from a number of schools in the United Arab Emirates got a chance to connect over amateur radio with ISS mission specialist Sultan Al Adi, KI5VTV. The call on April 18th was the first of 10 scheduled educational sessions being arranged with the communications engineer by the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Centre in Dubai and the Emirates Literature Foundation in collaboration with the Emirates Amateur Radio Society. It was the first ham radio contact through this program for the astronaut who was the second from the United Arab Emirates. As the ISS passed over the region, the call utilised the centre's ground station to make the contact. 
Like the international ham radio program known as Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARISS, ELF in space provides a window into life aboard the space station and the various challenges and projects undertaken by those on board. Perhaps just as importantly for some, it also provides an amateur radio experience. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. When it comes to supercapacitors, scientists in India are calling their new development the smallest of the small. We hear about it from Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Scientists in India say they've created the smallest micro supercapacitor to date, developing it out of two-dimensional materials, graphene and molybdenum disulfide. This is considered significant because as electronic devices continue to shrink, as is the case with wearable sensors and smart devices, their energy storage devices must be just as small. Supercapacitors are considered ideal for this task because they not only store energy, but can handle the kind of rapid charge-discharge cycles beyond the ability of conventional chemical batteries. Misra said that she and her colleagues used two-dimensional materials for the ultra-micro supercapacitor because they are semiconductors. Each of the multi-layer electrodes acts as a field-effect transistor. She told the IEEE Spectrum that the tiny device has a remarkably high capacitance and an easy ability to integrate with electronic chips because of its use of a gel electrolyte instead of a liquid. The researchers are not stopping there, however. Their next challenge is to create devices out of other two-dimensional materials in an attempt to boost capacitance even further. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Hams in the amateur radio community and the community at large in Calgary, Alberta, are grieving the loss of a devoted public servant. Here's Andy Morrison, K9AWM, to tell us about him. It is difficult for those who knew him to imagine the emergency communications community without Jason Lowe, VE6SRT, being there. Jason had served Redwood Meadows Emergency Services in Calgary as a firefighter, EMT, and fire communications officer. Jason became a silent key unexpectedly on April 15th. According to the Redwood Meadows Emergency Services website, Jason could not be revived despite the best efforts of his colleagues and emergency medical personnel. Chief Rob Evans wrote on the website that the team was, quote, devastated. According to Vince Dion, VE6LK, and Ian Burgess, VA6EMS, Jason, known to everyone as Jay, worked tirelessly to ensure the quality of emergency communications and shared his expertise in radio as well as the computer dispatch system. Ian told Newsline that Jay was a lifelong radio enthusiast who was introduced early on to the hobby by his scanner. He later got his ham license and used his skills to help communities in the Calgary area connect to the fire department's dispatch. Vince wrote in an email, quote, Jay was generous with his time and expertise, offering solutions across the province, the country, and the continent. There is no way to know how many people were safer and better cared for thanks to Jason, end quote. Jay was 50. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. 
Amateurs in the Florida community and beyond are mourning the death of a leader and an Elmer whose deep involvement in ham radio touched many lives over the years. We hear about him from Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Well known for his enthusiasm for QRP, Steve Zabo, WB4OMM, served as a powerful influence on the many amateurs he knew personally or had come to know on the air. Steve, a past president of the North American QRP CW Club, became a silent key on April 23rd. He had been diagnosed with lung cancer. His involvement with amateurs ran deep throughout his years on the air. He was a life member of the ARRL, which he served as a volunteer examiner and QSL card checker, and he had been Northern Florida's section manager for four years. Steve also belonged to the Quarter Century Wireless Association and numerous local and national clubs, including the Dayton Beach Amateur Radio Association, where he held numerous leadership roles. According to a post by Kevin, KK4BFN on QRZ, Steve started the Daytona Beach CERT Amateur Radio Team Group in 2005 and served as its president until illness earlier this year compelled him to step down. Steve was 70. This is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the AH6LE repeater in Beaver Creek and Wilsonville, Oregon, on Sundays at 6 p.m. local time. A devoted group of satellite enthusiasts in Houston, Texas, has something to celebrate. Their weekly two-meter net has surpassed the 1,500 mark. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, tells us more about the group. On the Houston AMSAT net, talk usually centers around satellites and balloons, but soon migrates to other topics. It's a long-running conversation that dates back to before the 1990s. In recent years, the net has gained even more participants by being carried on Echolink on the AMSAT conference node. It is also available as a live stream while the net is in progress at amsatnet.com. There is also a link to nets recorded during the previous four weeks. You even have more ways to listen than that. The net is available as a podcast on popular services such as Apple Podcast. The AMSAT new service recently recognized the group for having held its 1,506th net. Keep the conversation going. This is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Sometimes the only thing that comes close to being on the air is reading about being on the air. Here's one of our occasional book reviews. It's from Randy Sly, W4XJ, and it's all about CW. Whatever your level of CW proficiency, Chris Retkowski, NW6V, has something for you. Chris recently released a great book about Morse code called The CW Way of Life. He provides 232 pages full of meaningful and entertaining content that is well-written. With each page... All I could think about was that familiar phrase, and there's more. Chris first takes us through the basics of CW and operating with a straight key, and there's more. He talks about how we approach, process, and understand Morse code. Do you want to explore a unique approach to strengthening your copy skills? Try his chapter on code talking. And there's more. He gives a special way to notate code, some drills, 
and a whole section on Morse code lingo, including standard exchanges, protocols, and operating etiquette. And still there's more. Finally, he leads us through advanced key training, looking at bugs, paddles, and the rest. Available through Amazon, this is a great book for hams or non-hams interested in the original digital. I give it a 599. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. This year's World Amateur Radio Day celebrated the 98th anniversary of the founding of the International Amateur Radio Union using the theme, Human Security for All. Around the world, hams in every nation marked the day in their own way. John Williams of EK4JJW tells us more. For hams in South Africa, World Amateur Radio Day, officially the 18th of April, turned into a month-long celebration. Amateurs in the South African Radio League activated the special event call sign ZS9WARD from the first day of April and will continue to do so until the last. In Canada, the theme was Get on the Air on World Amateur Radio Day, and radio amateurs of Canada's official stations operated from one coast to the other with numerous call signs such as VA2RAC, VE4RAC, VO1RAC, and VY1RAC. The IARU webpage acknowledged the participation of stations around the world on the big day itself. Hams in Denmark used the call sign 5P0WARD. In the United States, the calls were NU1AW, W1W, W4A, K4A, and N4A. Belgium had OT23WARD, and Slovenia had S50ARD. In India, the celebration took on an added level of meaning as one ham, Hari, VU3UCR, announced that on World Amateur Radio Day, he accomplished the first-time activation of Bandapur National Park in Karnatka for parks on the air India. He announced on Facebook that this also makes him the third person in India to activate a national park in Pota, an award scheme that is still new and growing in popularity in that nation. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. There is only a month left to nominate your choice for Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak Young Ham of the Year Award. Candidates must reside in the continental United States and be a licensed ham 18 years of age or younger. We are looking for someone who has talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations close on May 31st. In the world of DX, Casimir DL2SBY will be using the call sign 8Q7KB from the Maldives, IOTA number AS013, until the 7th of May, using CW, single sideband, and FT8, FT4, using MSHV. He will concentrate on 30, 17, 12, 10, and 6 meters. QSL via Logbook of the World, Club Log OQRS, or direct to his home call. On April 26th this year, it will be 100 years since the first amateur radio contact between New Zealand and Australia was made. Between Frank Bell of Shag Valley Station's Waihemo in Otago and Charles McClarkin, 2CM in Sydney. 
Listen for the call sign ZL100 from now until the 25th of July. Members of the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters will be on the HF bands with this call sign commemorating the 100th anniversary of the first trans-Tasman radio contact between Australia and New Zealand. Members of the Russian Robinson Club are using the special call CO30RRC from Cayo Coco Island, IOTA number NA086, until the 4th of May. Listen on the HF bands, QSL via N7RO, Logbook of the World, or Club Log. QSL for hams with RU and EW prefixes via RW3RN. During May 16th through to the 18th, listen for Pete, M1PTR, Tom, M0DCG, and Chiron, M5KJM slash EI6KP, on the air from the Great Blasket Island, IOTA number EU007 in the North Atlantic. They will use the call sign EJ6KP slash P. QRV on HF single sideband operating during local daylight hours. QSL via Logbook of the World. Finally, with International Morse Code Day just having passed on April 27th, we celebrate Morse Code. In fact, a recent magazine article published by a world-class institution does just that. And it uses a language that needs no decoding. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, takes a look with us. Smithsonian Magazine is published by the Washington, D.C.-based Smithsonian Institution considered the largest museum, education, and research complex in the world. And while you might rightfully expect telegraph keys and other communications equipment to be featured as museum pieces, Morse code itself is hardly the stuff of archives. That's the whole point of the article. In fact, it notes that the dits and dahs of the original digital communication system, which had its beginnings two centuries ago, are not only part of the very vibrant code, but one that is experiencing a resurgence. As one would expect from anything by the Smithsonian, the article gives a clear history of the code's evolution from American Morris to International Morris, explaining its mechanics, its appeal, and yes, even its purported medical benefits for brain health. With references to the ARRL, the Long Island CW Club, and the Straight Key Century Club, the article extols the practice as an enduring form of communications that is, quote, putting the digit back in digital communication, end quote. There are even instructions, complete with diagrams, telling non-hams how to build a Morse code generator so they can practice their dits and dahs with the help of their smartphone. To see the article, follow the link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. The article is encouraging. While CW might ultimately not replace Twitter, as the headline suggests, it may just turn radio communications on its ear. This is Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio's Software Award... Amateur News Weekly, AMSAT News Service, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, CNN.com, Dave Altman, KO4YLZ, David Behar, K7DB, Dignity Memorial, DXWorld.net, Emirates News Agency, 425DX News, Ian Burgess, VA6EMS, 
Gulf News, the IARU, the IEEE Spectrum, qrz.com, shortwaveradio.de, Smithsonian Magazine, South African Radio League, spacenews.com, Vince Dion, VE6LK, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.